MCU Complete Me, the podcast where we talk about all the Marvel movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and sometimes ones that aren't. I'm your host, Crystal. With me is Luke. You had me at, hey, Crystal, I am so excited to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy 2, the movie we said we'd cover on the last episode. It's going to be such a good time. Wait. No, we're actually going to wait, cover... Wait, 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 Crystal, do you hear that? Huh? It's like some kind of crackly noise. Oh, what is that? It's some, There's some kind of spark in the air. Crystal, Crystal, are you doing this? What? It's like there's like some kind of portal opening up in front of me, Crystal. Oh, it's Crystal. It's it, it's me. Yeah. Hey, how you doing? I'm the Luke from the universe. We're recovering in, into the Spider Verse instead this week. Oh, okay. Uh, what should I do? I don't know. Go sit over there. Come back. Okay. This bit didn't really work. Anyway, how's it going, Crystal? The, no, you actually were very good at switching between inflections there. <laughs> Is, is there something special about this Luke? Like, is, is he is he Luke Noir? No, this is just, uh, this, I'm from an identical universe. The only difference is we agreed to do Into the Spider-Verse after Doctor Strange. Yeah, we're gonna watch Spider-Man Into the Spider-Man universe. Hey, man, you want a drink or anything? Uh, no, no, I'm good. We're kind of, reco- you're kind of hot on the mic, buddy. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> you're good at throwing your voice. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, we're talking about Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. It seems like every time we do a bonus episode, it's a Spider-Man bonus episode. Well, that's the ones they make that aren't... Yeah. And Macuck, Macuck, Macca. Yeah, Mucka. Muck. <laughs> and people like this one a lot. Some say it's the best Spider-Man movie. Hmm, I, I think we'll have to withhold what we think until the end when we do that grading thing. You guys do do that in this universe, right? Yeah, we do that in this universe, right, Earth yeah, yeah. 1218. Right, on a, you, you probably grade on a scale from what, like Q to R, right? No, it's it's from, from F to A. Okay, I'll, I'll Google it and figure it out by the time we have to do it. Anyway, into the Spider-Verse, we go! Yeah, I don't, I don't know, what's your history of this movie, Luke? Uh, that trailer came out for it earlier this year, and I thought, wow, that looks really cool, I'm gonna watch that movie. And then, uh, like, a week or two ago, I went and I watched that movie, and it was great, and that's really it. See, I saw that trailer, and I was like, I, I think this animation looks kind of bad. Oh. It, it kind of, it has a style to it that, like, like they're trying to almost make it look stop motion. Right. And it's, yeah, yeah. But actually, once I saw the movie, mm-hmm. I, I sort of was able to dip myself. It's like when you first go into a bath and maybe the temperature's not quite right. Yeah. But then you kind of settle into it and it's a nice warm bath. Kind of like that classic Bugs Bunny bit where he's like, ooh, ah, ah, like that. Yeah, kind of like that classic Bugs Bunny bit where he's like, ooh, ah, ooh, ah, 
Yeah, it's that's that's the funniest Bugs Bunny bit from the dimension I'm from. <laughs> um, I guess let's just get into it. Sony released the script of this movie officially online, so that makes this really easy for us. Yeah, I've heard that this movie. I have not read the script. I've heard that the recording sessions had like a lot of improv to them. So who knows how much it'll actually help us? I guess we'll find out. No, this is accurate. This is a transcript of the film. That's what they released. Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, but yeah, so this movie, like we said, it's animated. It has a lot of kind of like visual, um, not motifs, but like it has like certain images that it kind of repeats. I guess that is a motif, literally. <laughs> it's an image that repeats. But one of them is that like every chapter of the movie like starts with an image of a comic book on a table. Right. And the first one is just for, uh, Spider-Man. And it is, we get a voiceover from Peter Parker, who is explaining the backstory of Spider-Man. And he's doing it kind of flippantly, like, ah, you guys have seen all the movies, you know what happened in them. And you're getting these quick little animated bits of scenes from, like, the classic Spider-Man trilogy, like the Raimi trilogy. But they all have, like, little things wrong with them that if you're, like, watching closely, it's like, wait a second, hold on. It's like the upside-down kiss, but Mary Jane's the upside-down one. That kind of thing. Like, right away, they're, like, seeding the idea that this is not quite the normal Spider-Man universe. Instead of Coca-Cola, they have Coca-Soda. Yeah. Does the does the Raimi-verse, it must have, like, a number in the, like, Marvel multiverse, right? It probably has a temporary reality number on the Marvel wiki. Okay, okay. Um, but yeah, so he's just kind of running through, like, hey, yeah, I'm Spider-Man, I'm a cool guy, I save people, you watch those movies. There's some, like, fun bits where, like, it shows a shitty, like, ice cream truck popsicle of Spider-Man, kind of showing off his fame in this universe. He's got a Christmas album, which they actually produced and put out. He kind of also sets up a recurring thing in this movie, is that the most important thing about Spider-Man is that no matter how many times he gets knocked down, he gets back up. He just loves Chumbawamba. And he's the one and only Spider-Man. Yeah, the only one of them. And then does it just cut from here to, to Miles? Yeah, it cuts to Miles making making a cool sticker to put up on street signs to express his creativity. Yeah, so we, we meet up with Miles Morales, who is, he's had a big year. And like, you know, I know he's been a popular comics character for a long time, but this is kind of the year for him to break out into pop culture, huh? What else was he in? Uh, he was also in the Spider-Man video game for the PlayStation 4 video game console. Or I didn't play that one. It's pretty good. It's it's like, it's okay. I liked it, but it wasn't anything that, like, I fell in love with. It was enjoyable. Um, Miles, is, Miles is going to a new school, and his dad's like, you gotta get ready, Miles, or I'm not gonna be able to drive you. He's like, walking's fine. I don't want you to drive me, Dad. Right, he got into, like, a, like a, it's a magnet, like a charter school, right? Is that the right word yeah. for it? Yeah. Fancy people school. Yeah. The elitist. Yeah, exactly. And Miles is kind of grousing about it. You know, he just wants to, you know, he wants to stick at the public school he's at with all his friends. But he's a smart kid, and he got into this fancy pants school, and it's his first day. Um, And as he's walking, he's like, yeah, slapping up these stickers everywhere. And his dad, who is a cop, just sees him doing it because he falls down on his face in the middle of the street and uh, makes him drive with him the rest of the way to the school. And his friends see him being driven by his dad to his fancy pants school, yeah. and they start taking pictures of him in the car, and his dad refuses to run the red light, because he's a good boy who follows the rules. Right, yes, yeah. And he drops him off at his new school. Doesn't it? What's the name of his school? Do you remember? Visions. Visions. I knew it was some kind of, like, loaded name. Is it loaded? Well, not loaded in, like, a bad way, just like, oh, it's a name that is, like, it's not just a name, it's a name that has, like, a meaning, you know what I mean? Does it's it? Well, I'm just saying, it's, it's not, like, downtown high, high, you know? 
It's okay. Vision. Hey, speaking of names that are loaded in a bad way, is it? Let me ask you something. Oh yeah, I think I know what you're gonna ask. Go ahead. Is it weird that his dad's name is Jefferson Davis? I think so. Seems like a weird name to give any character, frankly. Um, I mean, it is accurate to the comics. Right, yeah, that's not something the movie made up. This is Ryan Michael Bendis' fault. Right, his dad's name is Jefferson Davis. To, to be clear, if you're not familiar, Jefferson Davis was the president of the Confederate States of America. Uh-huh, yeah. The part of America that seceded because they want to keep doing slavery. Right, and Jefferson Davis is a black cop in the Spider-Verse. Uh, I guess, is his mom's last name Morales? Is that why Miles' last name yeah. is that? Okay. She's Rio Morales. Okay. He's Jefferson Davis. And I guess Miles was like, you know what? It's kind of weird that your last name's Davis. I'll go with mom's last name. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I don't know what the reason is. There's probably an actual explanation. I believe in the comics, his dad is somewhat estranged from the family. Oh, okay. But then here it's just, well. Sure. Uh, but yeah, so he gets dropped off at school. His dad, like, uses the loudspeaker on the police car to make him say I love you in front of all of his new classmates. Uh, real asshole move, frankly. <laughs> yeah, it is. He's, he's being a real, like, classic asshole dad. Uh-huh. That's setting up our main conflict, the main emotional conflict of the film. So Miles goes to the school and, he, you know, he tries talking to people, tries to make some friends. But these kids, they just don't understand him. They're like, your shoe's untied. He's like, yeah, it's on purpose. It's a stylistic choice. Right. Yeah. Uh, there's also definitely a sense that, like, he was the smart kid at his old school. But now it's a school full of smart kids and he's, like, struggling to keep up with all the classwork. Yeah, there's, like, a montage of him in class and, and it stresses words like pressure and expectations yeah and like every time it like cuts back to miles he has a like taller stack of books with him um his there's like a kind of running thing in this where he's got to like he's reading great expectations for his literature class and i don't know i saw some twitter thread i've not ever read that book but apparently the plot of it has some parallels to the plot of this movie so you know that's neat Great Expectations was a book by Charles Dickens about a young uh, boy who opens up a portal to the multiverse, I think. Oh, is it one of those Bildungs Romans? Yeah, uh, exactly. One of those. <laughs> okay, yes. I yeah. guess a lot of movies have a similar structure. No, but I think it's supposed to be, like, it's about, like, a kid that meets a homeless man, and then, like, they their lives are changed by them, like, doing stuff together, and there's some, like, bad guy who lost his family and is bitter about it. See, Pip, an orphan about seven years old, encounters an escaped convict in the village churchyard while visiting the graves. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess there are there are specific parallels. Yeah, like they. Yeah, they. I don't. I don't. They. Who knows what order came first? If they like picked that book and then said, "Oh, it'd be fun to like mirror it," or if they wrote the screenplay and, "Oh, we'll look smart if we throw in a book that kind of fits this plot." But you know. I appreciate it. It's a nice little touch. Anyway, yeah, so Miles is He goes into his science class and they're watching they're watching a video about the parallel universes and Wilson Fisk is generously funding some kind of big particle accelerator to yeah. prove that parallel universes are real. Right. And I'll say I we kind of touched on it already, but all throughout this early stuff, there's lots and lots of little touches that show that this is like that this is a parallel universe. Like the cop cars say PDNY on them instead of NYPD. It's right. like little stuff that you don't really notice until you do. It's I really like it as a touch. But um, he ends up sitting next to uh, another new kid at the school, Gwen Stacy. I believe her name is Wanda. Oh, right. Wanda, yeah, she goes like, my name's Gwanda. But yeah, it's Gwen Stacy. <laughs> 
And Miles cracks like a joke about, you know, time is relative, so maybe I was early instead of late. And Wanda kind of gives a chuck, goes a pity chuckle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the teacher's just like, go sit down. So Miles gets a zero on his test, and his teacher's like, listen, the only way you could get a zero on this multiple choice test is if you actually knew the answers and you intentionally picked the wrong ones because you wanted to get kicked out of school. Yeah, and then she gives him a hundred on it, which, hmm. Well, it was a true false one. Oh, that's right. It was a true false one. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, because, yeah, she points out, like, yeah, no, even if you were just guessing, you would have got gotten a 50%. So yeah, she forces him to stick it out at this school. Um, is this, I, I'm trying to remember the order of this movie as I'm just kind of running through it in my head. Is this where he goes to see his uncle? Well, he, she assigns him an essay right. about great expectations. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then he goes home and then he visits his uncle. Right. Because I think that's also a thing like this. It's not a boarding school, but it kind of is like he's supposed to live at the school all week and then come home on the weekends. Right. Yeah. So he's doing he's doing his essay and he sneaks out. Yeah. He sneaks out to go meet his uncle Aaron, which his dad earlier was like, listen, you got to work hard at life. You don't want to end up like Uncle Aaron. And Miles is like, what? What? Uncle Aaron's a cool guy. What's what's wrong with him? Um, but, uh, yeah, he's just sort of chatting with Aaron. He kind of, like, mentions that he sort of was in the same, like, breathed the same air as a girl, and Aaron starts giving him some advice on how to hit on girls. You just gotta put your hand on your shoulder and be like, hey. Yeah. They have a little moment where, like, they're doing it back and forth to each other while Aaron's trying to get him to do it right. It's a cute moment. It, like, builds up a, a fun relationship between them. I'm pretty sure Aaron's watching Spider-Man 1 on this TV. Oh, was he? I missed that detail. <laughs> I Well, it's hard to tell, but it looks like there's someone wearing, like, like a shitty Spider-Man shirt, like the costume from the first movie. Oh, like when he's at the in the wrestling match? Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. But, um... They Aaron kind of asks him if he's still doing like graffiti art, and Miles is like, "Well, my dad's a cop, so like, no." And kind of one thing leads to another, and Aaron tells him that he knows this place where he can go uh, tag a wall, basically that no one will find. He he knows it from some engineering job he had. And he takes him to like the end of a subway tunnel where there is just a blank white wall in the middle of this grimy subway, and that's not strange at all. Don't worry about it, Miles. It's fine. So uh, uh, they they come to like a like a fenced door. Yeah, there's a, a logo of a company. It's like don't go in here. Right. But uh, Uncle Aaron, of course, has been trained by the ancient order of Hashishin, so he is able to use parkour to scale the wall. <laughs> For a split second, I wasn't sure if you were pulling out some like comics lore on me about Uncle Aaron. Hmm. <laughs> Or if this was just a funny goof about the parkouring. Hey, let me ask you something. Were you aware that Uncle Aaron was the Prowler? No, I was not. I I had never heard of the Prowler before. Yeah, I, I already knew that. So I was wondering how that how that hit for people who'd not. Uh, well, we'll get to it when we get to it. Okay, because I'm just I just want to keep calling him the Prowler. Yeah, that's fair. We can keep. Yeah, listen, Aaron, he's the Prowler. Um, but yeah, so he takes him to this kind of like blank white wall, and uh, Miles gets to work. He's got this like cool design for the words no expectations written around like a black silhouette of his body it's pretty cool looking and as he's doing it it keeps cutting to this this gross looking radioactive spider jumping around right it's got like a 42 printed on its butt yeah yeah uh and at some point yeah it bites him and gives him the spider powers but he doesn't know that yet right he and he and aaron have a little conversation aaron's like you know you and your you and your dad and I used to do this too back in the day. Right. But then he became a cop and we kinda drifted apart. Yeah, yeah. 
So Uncle Aaron gets a text and says, okay, we gotta go. Yep. So that's when the spider crawls into Miles' arm mm-hmm. and bites him. And there's a long shot of, like, the venom going into his bloodstream and mutating his blood cells. You, you see, like, a cross-section of his arm as the, like, venom is going down into his veins. It's gross. But then Miles just doesn't react. He just slaps it off. Like, right. ah. He's like, ah, oh, well. hey, ouch. That's annoying. That's mildly annoying. Yeah. Uh, at t- I don't know if you see it yet, but there's times when the spider, like, it almost looks like the art asset that the spider is glitching out. It's like just like all the polygons are like warping around it and shit. Oh. Hmm. Wonder what the think, deal is with that. You think perhaps it's a spider toe them? I don't know what that is. So sure. Yeah. Okay. Why not? You don't need to. <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> you, you see. Well, okay. Look. Yeah. Hit me. You might have thought that the spider that bit Peter Parker was just, you know, a spider that accidentally got irradiated. Well, no, I know from The Amazing Spider-Man that it was, like, part of a project to make a bunch of animal people or some shit. I didn't actually watch The Amazing Spider-Man. That's just what I've well, heard Well, see, about. actually, it was a spider totem from the universe Earth-001. Okay. Because C- Moreland sends spiders all across the multiverse to make Spider-Men so he can eat them. Oh, is this part of, is that the Spider-Verse comic series? Yes. Okay. Yes. So they threw in a little nod to that. Because my understanding of Spider-Verse is that nobody actually liked it. They just liked some of the characters they come up came up with for it, like Spider-Gwen. Right. Yeah. And all of it is, of course, derived from the, the, the finale of the 90s cartoon show. Oh, what? Seriously? Yeah. Well, Why? it's because the, the plot of it, you know, this was a long time before Spider-Verse, but it was Madam Web and the Beyonder gather a bunch of spider people from across the multiverse oh, to stop wow. an evil Spider-Man. Okay. And the conclusion of it is actually pretty good, where, like, the evil Spider-Man is just, like, really torn up about Uncle Ben's death. Uh-huh. So what they do is they bring in Uncle Ben from another universe. Yeah. And they get him to talk to the evil Spider-Man. He's like, Peter, don't do this. Okay, okay. And it's, it's good. All right, cool. But, uh... Yeah, so he gets bit, but they've got to go, and he kind of sneaks back into his dorm and goes to sleep. There's and a long sequence of his, his roommate staying up all night, yeah. doing games, and yeah. reading comic books. Yep. <laughs> I'll say, let me ask you this, because this is going to, it comes up kind of throughout the entire movie, because it's just part of the art style of the movie. What do you think about the way that they, like, they show depth of field in this movie by, like, distant objects have, like, sort of a weird, like, halo effect around them, where it's, it almost looks like a comic book page that got misprinted a little, and, like, the the colors didn't line up right on the page, you know what I mean? Where, like, something will have, like, a little bit of, like, a green outline on one side and a red outline on the other? Yeah. Well, how, do, how do you feel about that? I liked it. I liked it, I will say, for a little bit into the movie. I was like, did we go to a 3D showing on accident, and that's why this looks like this? But eventually I was like, no, wait, 3D isn't, like, red and blue anymore. That's not what this is. It's a stylistic choice. Like, once I got used to it, I liked it, but I definitely, I noticed it. You know what I mean? I have seen people say that they thought the film seemed out of focus. Yeah, I do think that was deliberate. Um, Which, uh, like I said, I think it works. It's just not what you're used to seeing, and it takes a little bit of getting used to. Right. Um, But yeah, Miles wakes up. He has gotten taller overnight. Uh... Uh, does he have any no webs no right because webs aren't organic in anything but the Raimi movies which is why they're the best spider-man property no (laughs) anyway no but he's taller and like stuff is sticking to his hands and all of a sudden now when he thinks he gets like yellow text boxes above his head showing his thoughts right because he's a superhero right because now he's the main character of a comic book because he got bit by a spider what what you what i also say now that i'm now that i'm looking at it is that sometimes the like the shading on background characters kind of breaks uh uh-huh. 
where they they just look like three D models, and they they don't have like the oh, huh. the cartoon shading on them. That's weird. But it's always like stuff you wouldn't be looking at. But if you look at it, right? If you were looking at a it funky. still from the movie, you know. But in motion, it's fine. That makes sense, I guess. Um, but yeah, so Miles is kind of like freaking out a little bit. The movie is starting to do a lot of um cinematic techniques that were pioneered in Ang Lee's Hulk, where it's like breaking the the frame up into smaller like comic panels, showing different angles of the same thing. Um, except it does it a lot better because a lot of movies have since then. What if they got Ang Lee to direct The Incredible Hulk 2? Oh my god, that would be so good! <laughs> no, get Ang Lee to direct Into the Hulkiverse that tries to... And get Edward Norton and uh, Mark Ruffalo and uh, the guy from that movie all together in one film. Hulk and the Agents of Smash. Yes, absolutely. Or, like, one of the one of the rumors about Avengers 4 is that they're going to be doing a lot of time travel back to the sets of old movies. Oh, I see. Okay. What if they travel back to 2008 Hulk and Edward Norton is there? (laughs) Oh, yes. I mean, the alternative... Okay, well, the real alternative is they just won't go to the Hulk movie, because no one liked that movie. Um, But the alternative, if they wanted to do that, is they'd have to recreate scenes from The Incredible Hulk with Mark Ruffalo. Right. Man. Um, but yeah, so Miles is kind of running through school. He's having kind of a freak out because weird stuff's happening. He runs into Gwen and uh, tries to do the move his uncle showed him. He puts his hand on his shoulder and just goes like, hey. But he does it bad. And also his like pants are too short on him and he looks weird. And but then yeah. his hand gets stuck on her hair because it's all sticky. Right. And she starts getting mad at him uh, because she thinks he's screwing around. But he's not. He can't unstick his hand. And um, they end up having to go to the nurse, nurse, the nurse's office, and she just gets a big handprint shape cut into her hair to get him off of her. <laughs> and then he still just has a handful of hair that he's walking around with, which I love. Uh, he walks outside and is like, it's okay, no one noticed. <laughs> right. <laughs> As everyone's staring at him. Um, some more stuff happens, and he ends up making, oh right, the, uh, the security guard for the school tells him that he knows he snuck out last night. And he kind of runs from him and tries to hide in some room, but it turns out to be the security office. Um, And he makes a mess of that by sticking to stuff on accident before getting out the window somehow. And then is just like running alongside the side of the building, not understanding how he's doing it and just kind of praying that he doesn't unstick. Uh, And he ends up in his bedroom again and sees a a Spider-Man comic book where the first few pages are just a Peter Parker version of everything we just saw happen. He's I like, guess Peter Parker licensed the events of his life. Yeah, well, that happens in most Marvel continuities, right? Because then right. Marvel comics are admissible in the court of law, that, and She-Hulk uses them to prosecute people. Right, of course. Yeah, which is why Captain America, the first Avenger, is the closest we've gotten to a canonical She-Hulk in the MCU. So Miles starts freaking out because he thinks he's a Spider-Man, and he tries calling Uncle Aaron, but he doesn't pick up. Yeah. He tries calling his dad, he doesn't pick up. Right. Or no, he just ends the call to dad. Yeah. And I think at some point we get kind of a a second, like a chapter break with, we cut back to that comic book we saw at the start, but now another comic book hits. It's like the two Spider-Men. Yeah. Um, So Miles realizes that, you know, he knows the Spider-Man story. He got bit by a spider last night. It must've been a radioactive spider. Uh, So he decides to go back to that subway uh, tunnel and see if he can't find the spider. And he sees that it's kind of glitching out. And then, is it like the wall that he tagged, like, opens up or something? I don't remember exactly what happened. Yeah, every, everything starts, like, starts freaking out yeah. in a glitchy way. Right. And then the wall explodes. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it turns out that is a passageway into uh, Wilson Fisk's Super Collider, where Spider-Man is currently fighting the Green Goblin. And if you haven't picked up on all like the subtle clues that this is not the normal Spider-Man continuity, uh, they kind of really hit you with a big one here because the Green Goblin is like a giant dragon instead of a weirdo with pumpkins. Well, this is based on his appearance in the Ultimate Comics. Oh, oh, okay, cool. That's neat. Uh, but yeah, so Spider-Man is battling the Green Goblin, trying to shut down the particle accelerator because uh, it's bad and it's going to ruin the whole universe if Fisk keeps using it. That makes sense to me. Makes sense to me. Yeah, seems bad. Why? Why doesn't Fisk just wait for it to be safe? Uh, because he wants to see his family. He's an irrational okay. man, Crystal. Okay. Um, but uh. Spider-Man, so Spider-Man, yeah. Green Goblin having a fight, and Miles gets like stuck in the middle of it, and then Spider-Man notices Miles is Miles there and saves him. Right, and then they kind of have a quiet moment where like there's a thing this movie sets up where when two spider people meet, they're like spider senses confirm that they're like of a type with each other, and he's just like, "Wait, you're a spider guy? Did hmm, did not know there was more than one of those? Hi, how you doing?" And uh, Miles is just kind of freaking out, and Spider-Man just kind of like, okay, listen, this is not a good time for this. Let me go beat up the Green Goblin and save the world, and then we need to have a long talk, and I can start teaching you about what being a spider is like. And he goes off to to fight the Goblin, um, but it starts going bad. He tries to stick a little USB stick in the thing yeah. that will disable it, but then the Prowler jumps at him. Right, the Prowler's here too, yes. And uh, Spider-Man can't deal with both of them at once. The particle accelerator goes off and Spider-Man's head gets, like, shoved into it. To be clear, the Prowler kind of looks like Batman or, like, Black Panther with a cape. I was gonna say, he kind of looks like, I can't, uh, uh, he looks like Emperor Zurg from Toy Story. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, Spider-Man's head gets shoved into the accelerator and it causes a huge explosion. Um, you see there's kind of, like, a whole blackout over New York City. There's stuff that's turning all glitchy and weird. Like, there's just, like, piles of garbage all fused together throughout the town. Let's talk about the appearance of the Kingpin. Yeah, so the Kingpin is a giant square with a head coming out the front, and I love him. He's so good. I love him so much. He's so big. Yeah. He is, like, like, obviously this is an animated thing, and most, you know, but most people have... Uh, relatively realistic proportions. And then the Kingpin is like 15 feet tall, but his head is coming out at like seven feet high. 15 feet tall and 15 feet wide. He's got like eight feet of shoulder. <laughs> oh, he's so good. He's just like clicking a pen, but it's a normal sized pen, so you barely see it in his giant fist. So yeah, the Green Goblin shoves Spider-Man's head into the middle of the particle accelerator beam. Yeah. And it seems like he's having visions of other universes. Yeah, or, or something. At, at some point during all of this, the scientist from uh, the, like, multiverse theory video Miles watched is there, and she's talking about how, like, oh, we've, we've synced up five different universes with ours. And there's a big explosion, and Spider-Man gets, like, seriously hurt, and Miles goes to see him. He pulls off the mask, and this Spider-Man's blonde. Well, that's weird. He, Miles does not pull off the mask. Oh, I, oh he, does, does Peter pull it off? No, no, that happens later. Okay, okay. P Peter gives him the USB stick, like, listen, kid, I'm probably about to die here. Yeah. I need you to go up there and put the USB stick into the USB port, please. Right. And Miles is just like, I'm just a kid. I can't do it. And Peter's just like, listen, I get it. I'm out of options here. And Miles promises him that he's going to save the day for him. And then he has to run and hide. And the Kingpin murders Spider-Man. 
Yeah, the Kingpin takes off his mask, and Spider-Man likes, oh, that's a no-no. Yeah. And then he just crushes him with his fists. Yeah, it's brutal. Uh, He does ask him what he saw in the beam, and Peter's just like, listen, I know what you're trying to do here. You can't do this. You're gonna kill everybody. And Kingpin doesn't care. He just murders him. He mentions something like, you can't bring them back. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so Spider-Man's dead. Uh, Miles runs off with the USB key. And is just kind of devastated. He goes home, even though it's a school night and he's supposed to be at school. And he's chased down by the Prowler for a while. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And now that he now that he has been bitten by the spider, which carried the genetic memory of the Hashishin, <laughs> now he is able to scale that fence the way the Prowler did. Uh-huh. Sure. <laughs> but yeah, so he goes home and uh, he is extremely shaken up. Um, most of the city thinks it was like an earthquake that hit. Um, yeah, they mentioned that there's there's been earthquakes happening for like the past week. Right. Uh, he he asks his dad if he hates Spider-Man because because Jefferson has talked about how he really just like dislikes Spider-Man because he's a vigilante and the cops should be the ones, you know, taking care of bad guys. And uh, his dad is like not at all receptive to the fact that his son is clearly traumatized by something. And is a little bit of a jerk. Not a not a huge one, but a bigger one than Miles needed him to be. Uh, he asks his mom if they can't just, like, move out of the city. And his mom's just like, no, our family doesn't run away from anything. It's gonna be okay. And then the news starts to break that Spider-Man has been killed. Multiple sources confirm Peter Parker was Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the whole, like, city is in mourning about Spider-Man dying. Uh, we get our Stan Lee cameo at this point. Uh, Miles goes to a costume store and buys, like, a chintzy Spider-Man Halloween costume. And, uh, yeah. What's up? Stan Lee's the cashier, and he's like, I'm gonna miss him. We were friends, you know? Yeah. And then, uh, Miles... <laughs> Miles asks if he can return the costume if it doesn't fit. Right. And Stan Lee is just like, it always fits! And kind of gestures towards a sign that says no refunds. Uh, so MJ's given a, given a eulogy. Yeah. She's like, he didn't ask for his powers, but he chose to be Spider-Man. He made us each feel powerful. We all have powers of one kind or another. But in our own way, we are all Spider-Man. Right. And, and we are all counting on it. The whole crowd is dressed up with Spider-Man masks. Yeah. Uh, Miles is there, and like I think this is like a genuinely like affecting moment. Uh, but then, you know, I don't think it undercuts it. It's just, you know, like, hey, it's time for a comedic beat. Miles just says, like, oh, I have to save the city. And the guy next to him just goes like, no, 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 she's speaking metaphorically. She didn't mean you specifically. It's a pretty good goof. In general, I'm a fan of this movie's goofs. This is a good, funny film. It is. So Miles reads a Spider-Man comic, and he's like, oh, okay, when Spider-Man was just getting his powers, he, he jumped off a building, forced himself to, to swing it. Yeah. So there's a long scene of Miles going all the way up the stairs to the top of a big building, and he stares off the roof for a while, and it's a hard cut to him going back down the stairs. <laughs> it's really funny. And he sees, like, a smaller building next to him, and he's like, okay, I'll try this one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I don't think it goes well, right? No, he falls to the ground, and he falls right on his hip, where the pocket holding the USB right. stick is, and he cracks it. Yeah, he breaks the, the, the USB hacking thingy. Um, there's a good Now, like, he is not hurt, even though he fell definitely a lethal distance. Well, he's a Spider-Man. Like, he's, right. he's got some kind of, you know, he's, he's a, little, a little sturdier than a normal person. There's also the, the yell he does when he yeah. falls, I think, is taken straight out of Spider-Man 1. Oh, is it? Or it's very similar. Wait, you mean like the sound of it? 
Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Like, you remember that scene in Spider-Man 1 where he's swinging yeah. and he just hits a billboard and he screams? Right. <laughs> it sounds very similar to that. Huh. Um, there's also, as he falls he, and he's yelling, like, the words are, like, coming out of him and, like, flying above him. It's, like, again, the, all the stylistic stuff in this movie is so cool. I love how this movie looks. Um, but yeah, he is kind of devastated that he broke the thing. Um, and he goes to Peter Parker's grave and just kind of to apologize to him and, like, hey, I'm not going to be able to save the day like you wanted me to. Um, but then, Crystal... Someone's coming up behind him. A mysterious, ragged figure. Yeah. Much like... Hold on. Hold on. Okay. Hold on. I'm holding on. Give me a second. I'm, I'm waiting. Stop Stop rushing me. <laughs> a mysterious, ragged figure, much like the convict from Great Expectations. Great. <laughs> whose name is... Yeah. Abel Magwitch. All right, cool. <laughs> I think that might be a spoiler. I'm sorry if it is. Yeah, you know. Um, but uh, Miles turns around and punches this guy in the face. And this is maybe the one thing I think this movie stumbles on a little bit is that I don't think it super clearly communicates Miles' like, venom shock power. He only does it like twice in the whole movie. He has a venom shock power like spiders, like some spiders. Right, do. he can punch people to, like, electrify them and paralyze them, basically. Right. And uh, as he's punching him, this guy shoots a web out from his trench-coated sleeve. Does he have a trench coat on, or do I imagine that? Yeah, he has a trench coat okay, on. Okay, cool. Um, and yeah, it sticks him with some, like, Spider-Man web. And then the cops show up, and Miles is standing over the body of an unconscious homeless man that he just beat up. So he runs away. He doesn't run away. Wait, what happens? Well, we get a cut to the story of this man. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, he is turns Peter out this man B. Is Peter Parker. Parker. Right, he's Peter B. Parker. We get kind of a similar run-through to what we got from the first one, other than, I, I guess this Peter's Jewish, right? Because he's Yeah, I guess yeah. he's Jewish, because he has a Jewish wedding where right. he steps on the glass. Yeah. Um, and uh, we he's see from a world that has Coca-Cola. Right. You see, he was doing a great job, just like this Peter was, but he's from 10 years in the future, and uh, things just kind of fell apart for him you know eventually if you keep getting up after you get knocked down it starts to hurt real bad um him and mj kind of broke up and now he's divorced and sad and alone there's a aunt may died yeah yeah there's a got hit by a drone <laughs> right there's a great he invested in tgi spideys and lost all his money <laughs> i forgot about that part <sighs> there's a great shot of him just in his spider suit like eating pizza and watching tv and crying yes uh, but yeah, basically his life has fallen apart, but hey, you know, he'll, he'll figure it out. He's Spider-Man, he says, as a voiceover of him sobbing in the shower. So he starts eating pizza in his apartment in his Spider-Man costume. Yes. Uh, when a, a weird portal opens up in his room. Yeah. And it sucks him through. Um, is this where his, like, pants get ruined? Or is that later? Uh, what do you mean? Well, oh yeah, his pants get ruined as he flies through the portal. Yeah, into the into the Coca Soda world. Right. Yes, into the in, into Miles's universe where he learns that you know their Peter Parker died, and now he's really not sure what to do because like he'd like to go home, but he doesn't really know what's going on. There's a lot of good goofs on the the ads here. Yeah. There's from dusk till Sean. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. There's Planet Inglewood. Yeah, yeah, I saw that one. There's a clone college. Okay. There's EA Sports water polo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, good stuff. Um, 
But yeah, so he went to that Peter Parker's grave, I guess, because what else are you going to do? And ran into Miles and got punched in the face. And that kind of catches us up. And there's a, when he first lands in Times Square, he sees the big screen of Peter Parker's death. Right. The, the good blonde Peter Parker. And he takes off his mask and he's, he's got like two black eyes and a bunch of scratches and he's beat up real bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess if it's not clear, uh, he showed up because of the, the particle accelerator going off. And I guess because Spider-Man got shoved into it, it's sucking a bunch of Spider-Mans into this universe. Right. Like he set, yeah. he set the beam to Spider-Man. Exactly. He set the beam to Spider-Man. Um, but yeah, so back in the present, he has webbed up Miles' hand and then gotten knocked out, and the cops are there, and Miles runs, but he's stuck to weird grungy Peter. So he has to, it's this pretty fun chase scene where he's trying to get away with having the like dead weight of a man on him. And he's just like dragging him through the streets, <laughs> like hanging off the side of a sub of like an L train while he just flops in the wind. And he takes a lot of hits before he wakes up. He sure does. <laughs> um, and yeah, they kind of talk, and Miles realizes that he, uh, I'm, you know, a little fast and loose with the details, but basically he realizes this is another Peter Parker who can train him uh, to be Spider-Man, just like his Peter was going to. And this guy's like, no, no, I don't. That doesn't sound good. No, I don't want to. I would just like to get back to my life because I've got a lot of stuff going on. You've beaten me up very badly, and I'd like to go home now. Um, but they go for burgers, uh, and like Peter is just like, oh, this is so great. This place shut down in my universe, and I'll never know why. These are the best burgers. And then he makes Miles pay for him. He doesn't, right, he doesn't have money on him. Right. Um, and uh, does he have his sweatpants at this point? Yeah, he starts wearing sweatpants to cover up his broken Spider-Man legs. Right, so he's just the Spider-Man costume up top and then just gray sweatpants. It's such a good look. And he doesn't say Miles say... He doesn't let Miles say, with great power comes great responsibility. Right, he cuts him off. Yeah, yeah. Um, Like I said, I I am very fuzzy on exact details, but at some point, talking to Miles, it comes out that, like, he broke up with MJ because she wanted kids and he didn't, and that was a whole thing, and... But now he's like, Miles is here, and oh, well, maybe that'll be a kind of kind of parental relationship, maybe. Nah. So Peter B. Parker starts glitching out, and he's like, I don't think my atoms like being in another dimension. Yeah. So he wants to get to the Super Collider just so he can go home, but he doesn't care about saving the world. Right. He's like, listen, no, I, I already saved one world, that's enough for me, thanks. Um... Somewhere around here, we also get the like beginning of the running gag that uh, Peter can never remember the name of whatever MacGuffin he needs for a certain thing, so he just always calls it a goober. It's also like, during most of this conversation, they're walking sideways on buildings. Yeah, yeah. This is a good spider goof. Yeah, it's, it's all very good. Um, but I, I think the long and short of all of this is basically, eventually, they realize they have to work together a little bit to at least get Peter to the accelerator. And uh, Miles is like, oh, that's great. You know, I know right where it is. It's kind of out of town. You can teach me how to swing. And he's like, no, no, we're taking the bus, buddy, <laughs> which I enjoyed. Yeah, it's not going to swing like 100 miles. Right. No, we're going to take the also it's like out in the woods. We're just going to take the bus. He doesn't let Miles wear a cape. Right. Yeah, because Miles at this point is dressed up in his shitty Halloween Spider-Man costume. And he will be for most of the movie. And he tried to add a cape to it to look a little cooler. But, uh... 
So Peter busts into the the lab, right? They kind of have this Miles like, to stay behind. Yeah, they kind of have this elongated, like almost Ocean's Eleven kind of thing, where he's describing what he's going to do. He's like, "Yeah, all right, step one, I'm gonna get in there. I'm gonna step two, find the lead scientist." And I was like, "Oh, I know who she is. She's this lady on a thing." Like you're watching Peter start to creep up on some random scientist dude, and then like turn around to go after the lady from the video. And he's like, "Step three, gonna examine my personal biases." Um. And yeah, he's just going to steal the computer and get out. Uh, but while he's in there, uh, who all shows up? Is it Kingpin and uh, Tombstone? Yeah. Who, Tombstone, who's in this movie, but like, he just kind of stands behind Kingpin sometimes. I don't think Tombstone has a line in this film. I think he kind of grumbles once or twice. They kind of portray him like Solomon Grundy. He's kind of just Kingpin's muscle that he keeps around him, which I'm not sure if Kingpin needs muscle around him. So Miles sneaks in even though Peter tells him not to. Right, because he's worried that he won't be able to handle uh, that by himself. And he kind of, yeah, sneaks in. They they meet up in the ventilation shaft, uh, and they end up in this scientist's office, and... I forget what Peter does something real goofy to like memorize the password while she logs well, Peter in. Peter just just sees her. T- well, he hears her typing in the password. Right, that's what it is. And <laughs> through the sounds of her typing the keys, he's able to to get it. Right, he's a smart boy. Yeah, and then uh, is this where Miles finds out he can turn invisible? Right. He, yeah. Peter goes in, gets on the computer, but Miles is still stuck to the lights and he can't unstick himself. Right. So he starts singing to relax himself. Right. Yeah. 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 While Olivia and the Kingpin are having a conversation outside, Olivia's like, listen, we need to wait or else we're going to blow up the universe. Right. He's like, I don't care. I'm evil. Yeah. Well, I I think the idea is more that, like, he is so distraught that his family's dead that he doesn't care if he blows up the universe. It's like either A, he gets them back or B, everybody dies and he's fine with either one. Right. So as, as Olivia hears the commotion in the room and starts walking in, Miles turns invisible. Right. Like a spider. Yeah. Yeah. You know how spiders can turn invisible? Spiders have camouflage. <laughs> it's like, I've talked about this before. My favorite thing about Spider-Man is that, oh yeah, no, he's got all the, he's a human being, but he's got all the powers a Spider-Man, a, a spider does. You know, like he can crawl along walls, he can shoot webbing, he can predict the future, you know, like spiders do. It's like spider sense. Right. You know how spiders can use their third eye to see into the future? Spider-Man can do that. Hmm. Don't, don't they, don't some spiders have a spider sense? I mean, they probably have, like, super sensitive hairs on their body that, like, they can detect, like, changes in airflow or something. Yeah, like a spider sense. Right. But sometimes it really gets portrayed like it's just, oh, I can see a second into the future. Like a spider. (laughs) Like a spider can. (laughs) But anyway, yeah, Miles is invisible. He's trying to remember the password because Peter just rattles it off real fast to him. Um, Tarantulas are able to sense low-frequency vibrations in corporeal matter that humans can't pick up. All right. (laughs) Because the the setae pick up low-frequency vibrations of molecules in the air. Mm. So they can warn them of a predator moving toward them, even if it can't tell direction that the predator is coming from. Right, but it's like... Like, listen, I have not seen Infinity War, but I've seen the trailer for it where Peter is, like, on the school bus, and he looks down at his arm, and all of his arm hairs are sticking straight up, and then the bus flips over or something, you know? Right, because the the molecules of the donut moving the air Uh triggered his arm hair. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, Miles is invisible trying to remember what the password was, and, like, he can't do it. And this scientist comes in and, uh, like, realizes that Spider-Man is here. 
And oh, she's fascinated. And she like sits him down in a chair and is asking him a whole, bun- whole bunch of questions. She kind of figures out that he must be a parallel universe Spider-Man. She's like taking like swabbings out of his mouth. And he's just kind of like, hey, yeah, hey, hi. And he kind of like gets strapped down to this chair with like metal, you know, clamps. He's like, hey, wait, what What was your name again? And the scientist, in, like, the coolest reveal ever, just goes, oh, Dr. Olivia Octavius. It's a good reveal. Yeah. And uh, Peter's just like, oh, and, and your friends call you Doc Ock, huh? She goes, no, 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 my friends call me Liv, but my enemies call me Doc Ock. And then she grows, like, it's not the normal Dr. Octopus limbs, they're more, like, rubbery and translucent. Yeah. And she puts some goggles on. Oh, it's so good. She's a good Doc Ock. It's a really good Doc Ock. Her voice acting's very good. Mm-hmm. 100%. So, Miles, while invisible, just tries to take the whole computer and monitor, because right. he doesn't understand how computers work, I guess. It's a really good joke. Um, but, like, he's 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 a, he's a genzer. Yeah, he, you know, whatever. You know, maybe he's only ever had laptops in his house. Uh, Wanda has snuck in there using her training from the International Contracts Agency. <laughs> Wait, so you're suggesting that Miles is uh, from Assassin's Creed, but Gwen is from uh, Hitman? Yeah. Great. What's- I mean, that's how she's able to... She, a 15-year-old girl who has never been here before, right. is able to fool, just walk around. That makes sense. Yeah, you know she put on glasses. You know what? That holds water. You're right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Peter and Miles get in like, a chase scene with Olivia. It's really cool. Uh, Peter's eventually like, hey, good news, we don't need to take the monitor with us, buddy. (laughs) And, uh, they end up running out into the food court, and every scientist in there just pulls out a laser gun from somewhere, because this whole place is evil. This is good. It's a really good joke. I like evil corporations. Yeah. Uh, I'm just gonna cut that clip out and put it up on the internet. (laughs) Um, but Peter grabs a bagel, and they get mad at him for stealing one of their bagels while they escape. And then, uh... They start swinging through the woods, and Peter's trying to actually teach Miles how to swing good. Right, and he's kind of, like, just showing him how to do it, and he's like, like, Miles is excited that he's doing it, and Peter's actually getting excited that, like, someone is this enthusiastic to learn from him. He's got someone to teach. Oh. 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 It's like, like a, like some kind of mentor and mentee relationship. (laughs) Um, but, uh, at some point during this, they end up meeting up with, uh, Gwen Stacy. Yeah, Peter glitches out as he's swinging, so he right. falls to the ground, and Doc Ox comes to beat him up, but then she gets she gets disabled by Gwen Stacy, right. who's also a Spider-Woman. Yeah, so then we cut back to the comic book, we see a Spider-Gwen comic hit the table next to the other ones, and we get her origin story, which is just kind of a, a quick rundown. I guess if you don't know her deal, she was just like, it's like the normal setup for Spider-Man, except she gets bit instead of Peter, and then Peter turned, like... He's a li- he's you can see shades of this in a lot of different versions of Peter, but like the Gwen, the Spider Gwen Peter is just like full on like incel shithead and gets really like depressed and angry that he doesn't get to be cool like Spider Woman is. And that's so he becomes him. the lizard. He becomes the lizard, and Gwen doesn't know that, and she fights the lizard, ends up beating him to death, and then he turns into Peter, and that kind of serves as her version of Uncle Ben dying. Uh, and then, like, for a big run at the start of Spider-Gwen, it's all about how she's a fugitive from the law for murdering Peter Parker. Remember The Amazing Spider-Man? Uh, I do. Like I said, I have not seen those movies. The plot of that movie was the lizard wants to turn everyone else into lizards because the lizards are cool. That, hmm. Seems like it makes a lot less sense than the normal lizard motivation. Isn't the lizard's deal that, like, he doesn't have an arm and he was experimenting with lizard DNA because they can regenerate their tail? 
Right. And he ends up turning into a lizard because of it. Like, listen, that's pulpy and silly, but, like, there's some understandable human motivation in there. Uh, well, he wants to eliminate the weaknesses that plague humanity by turning them into lizards. Oh, whatever. <laughs> you do, is, you buddy. And they took it so seriously. Yeah. It's like their serious movie about the dangers of genetic engineering. <laughs> What's wrong with the lizard's normal motivation for that? Also, they well, they kept yeah, like they kept alluding to Spider Man has has some greater purpose, right? Yeah, because that I, they never reveal. Well, because again, I have not seen those movies. My understanding isn't it that like all the animal spider villains are part of the same experiment that leads to Spider Man? Yeah, yeah, something like that. But to what ends? Right. Well, I think they planned on getting a Spider, an Amazing Spider-Man three, <laughs> that they didn't get. Um, I always appreciated that the Raimi movies had Doctor Connors just there in the background, but like never pulled the trigger on turning him into the lizard. Right. It's just like, hey, you know, if you know, if you're in the know, you see where this would go someday. But eh, he's just he's just Doctor Connors for now. But um, he just he just tells Peter, "Good job getting that physics question right," and then Peter smiles, and there's a f- freeze frame. Right. And then in the third movie, he helps analyze the symbiote. Um, but yeah, Gwen helps them escape, and is this where we end up? Is it Gwen who suggests that there's maybe someone they can go to for help? Yeah. Yeah. They go to Aunt May's house. Right, which Peter is understandably very, feels weird about doing. They, they have, on the bus ride there, Gwen and Miles yes. is the name of the protagonist that, of this film. That is the main character of Spider-Man colon into the Spider-Verse. It's her having a little conversation, and they're becoming friends. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, and P- Peter's just smiling in the back of this empty bus, I guess. Right. Oh, I guess. Yeah. We also figure out the like Gwen's thing is that she also got sucked into this dimension, but a week in the past, which is why she was at Miles' school because her spider ver- her spider sense was like telling her to go there. Um, and yeah, all that happened. Um, there's a fun comment where Miles is like, "Oh, hey, I like your hair," because she's kind of turned it into a cool like undercut. And she's like, you, you don't get to like my hair because it looks like this because of you. Um, but yeah, they're starting to become more friendly. Uh, they're kind of ragging on Peter for being a weird, dumpy loser. But yeah, they go to Aunt May's house and they're trying to like tee up to like, listen, this is really complicated. We need to. Uh. She's like, no, no, I got it. You're from parallel universes. No problem. <laughs> Come with me. Uh, and she leads them to like a shed in the backyard that leads like a bat cave, but for Spider-Man. I really like this version of Aunt May. I really like this version of Aunt May. She's not just this, like, weird, do- doting old lady who, like, I don't know. P- yeah, go ahead. I like Rosemary Harris's performance as Aunt May. Oh, I think she does a good job, but it's just very, like, rote, you know? Yeah. It's just kind of like the Whereas most... here, she's like, she's a super scientist. Yeah, she is just, like, in the know. She is, like, she was Spider-Man's Alfred, basically. It implies that she was friends with Doc Ock at some point. Yeah, yeah, because later, I don't remember when exactly, but she sees Doc Ock and just calls her, hey, Liv. Uh, oh, it's Liv. Yeah, um, which Doc Ock says was what uh, what her friends call her. And a lot of people take that in combination with the fact that there was a classic Spider-Man story where Dr. Octopus almost married Aunt May to assume that that's also canon in this universe. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I'm for it. Sure. Um, but then Ben came along. Right. <laughs> but uh Aunt May is showing them around the spider cave. Uh much like, you know, Batman, there's a bunch of like suits in glass of like all of his previous suits and stuff. Um, as as they approach like the shack where it's hidden, Peter's like, Oh yeah, I have one of these back home too. Right. Keep a couple of tools in here. And then when he sees it's like a super cave, he's like, Oh, this is just pretentious. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, but Aunt May explains that she knew what the deal was with all three of them because they're not the first spider people to come see her. And then we get three comic books that hit the table all at the same time as we meet Spider Noir, uh, Spider Ham, and I don't know how you pronounce this per- the anime girl's like robot's name. Spider? It's like Spider. It's like S P backslash backslash D R. Yeah, Spider. It's just Spider? Okay. Her name is Penny Parker. Penny Parker. And we kind of get all of their backstories at the same time because they're just kind of tertiary, fun goof characters. Um, In my universe, it's 1933 and I'm a private eye. I like to drink egg I like to drink egg creams and I like to fight Nazis a lot. Lots of Nazis. <laughs> Sometimes I let matches burn down to my fingertips just to feel something, <laughs> anything. All of Sp- Spider-Man Noir is voiced by Nicolas Cage and all of his dialogue is perfect. All of these, all three of these are good. They're Penny's really good. from New York in the year 3145. I have a psychic link with my spider who lives inside my father's robot, and we're best friends forever. Yeah, and she's kind of, and then, well, the last one we have is Spider-Ham, who, now I don't know Spider-Ham from the comics, but if I heard right, I think he was a spider that got bit by a radioactive pig? Yeah, he was bitten by May Porker. <laughs> That's so good! <laughs> Because May Porker was a mad scientist in that universe, which perhaps is an inspiration for this May Parker. I see, I see. Um, but yeah, so they're all drawn, like, they're rendered in a different style than the other three. Um, which I, I think actually every spider person has a slightly different style, but these three are a lot more distinct. Uh, Spider-Ham looks like a cartoon. Penny looks like an anime character, like a very chibi anime character. And then Spider-Man Noir is all just like black and white cell shaded. And wind is always blowing. Wind is always blowing his trench coat around dramatically. And the wind smells like rain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So they basically start talking about how they have to stop the kingpin, and they're kind of excluding Miles, who is just like, "Hey, I'm I'm a spider guy too." And we get kind of this rapid cut thing of all of them like drilling him to see what he's capable of, and the answer is kind of you know nothing because he just got his powers. And uh, Peter kind of sticks up for him actually. He's like, "Listen, he's." He's new at this, but he's he's cool. Listen, he can he can like paralyze people by punching them. Show him, Miles. Like, and he's like, I I can't do it on command. He can't do it on command, but it is cool. But he can also turn invisible. Show him, Miles. I I can't do that either. He can't. He can't do it on command, but he can do so much more. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah. So they all start just kind of planning, and they kind of push Miles away, and he he does turn invisible and runs away and goes up the elevator because they don't need him. He's worthless. Um, and then what happens next? They start they start asking him if he can do a lot of stuff. Right, that's the part like, we just talked about. <laughs> well, I just want to read some of these lines. Oh, yeah, sure, go for it. Can you swing and flip with the grace of a trained dancer? Can you close off your feelings so you don't get crippled by the moral ambiguity of your violent actions? <laughs> can you help your aunt create an online dating profile so she can get out of the dang house once in a while? <laughs> Can you float through the air when you smell a delicious pie? No, you were right to read these. These are all gold. <laughs> uh. So yeah, Miles Miles kind of runs off because he's not as good a Spider-Man as right. the other Spider-People. Is this where he runs to go see Uncle Aaron? Yeah, he tries calling Uncle Aaron, but Uncle Aaron's still not picking up. Right. He's like, just his voicemail is just like, hey, I'm out of town on business for a few days. Leave a message. And his dad calls him. He's like, hey, I haven't seen you in a while. You, you may want to give us a call. Yeah, buddy. How about you call your parents, maybe, Miles? Um, so he goes to Uncle Aaron's apartment to see if he's there anyway. Right. And it's all dark in there. And he just kind of, you know, that, that seems like it kind of works for him because he just wants to be alone. But then the Prowler shows up. Prowler shows up. And Miles is, you know, he hides from him. I think he turns invisible to hide from him. 
and then he sees the Prowler take his mask off and and Crystal. The Prowler is Uncle Aaron. How did you react to this? Um, I I didn't like see it coming, but it didn't like shock me. I was just like, oh, gee, okay, yeah, that's what we're doing. Cool. Like I think the music that plays on the reveal and like Miles's face is very good. Yeah. Like I, I think what it was was I legitimately like, oh, it's a surprising beat, but I watched this with my girlfriend, and I think we both just turned to each other and did like faces of like mock shock and terror at it. Just because we're having fun together. But like, yeah, it's 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 a good beat in the story. Um and then the Prowler, like, I think notices something that makes him think maybe an invisible person is here and uses his, like, like turns on, like, heat sensing vision and finds Miles. And they have a little, like, chase scene. Yeah, but Prowler still doesn't know that this spider kid is Miles. Right. So we cut back to Aunt May's house where Penny is is shooting lasers at the USB to fix it, I guess. Yeah, you know, or maybe making a new one. Who knows? Yeah. Wait, making a new one? Yeah, why not? You just buy those. Well, no, but I mean, she. I, I assumed that it wasn't just, like, a file on a USB stick. I thought he had, like, put together some, like, special hardware that you could plug into a USB. I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? Spider-Noir is trying to do uh, a Rubik's Cube, right. but it's hard because he can't see color. Well, no, I think he can see color, but it's like, what's that book that you read in, like, middle school about that? Where it's like a person sees color for the first time? The Giver? Is that what I'm thinking of? Yeah. Or yeah, it's like that where he's like just is he's blown away by the concept of color, seeing it for the first time, and he's just like, I will master this mysterious cube. Um There's a there's a weird shot where Spider Ham shading breaks and he's just like a 3D model drinking a coffee. Weird. <laughs> um but uh is this where Miles like comes back in and I'm trying to remember yeah, it explains the Prowler, his uncle, tried to kill him. Right. Spider-Noir's like, whoa, that's a badass origin story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but then the Prowler... Does Doc Ock and the Prowler show up? Or is it yeah, just, and yeah. the Scorpion. Oh, and the Scorpion, right, right. We meet this version of the Scorpion for the first time. Um, and, and Tombstone. Oh, yeah, the whole bunch of bad guys are here. And they start having a big old fight in Aunt May's house as she's, like, yelling at them to take it outside and stop breaking her shit. Um, but eventually this fight leads to Miles and the Prowler on the roof of Aunt May's house, and the Prowler's about to kill him, so he takes his mask off to show him that he's his nephew. And the Prowler just has a moment of like, oh, oh shit. Oh, There's a very goodness. good voice acting where he, as he's being choked, he squeaks out like, a, please. Yeah. Uncle. Yeah. Um, so the Prowler is hesitating, and the Kingpin, who is just sitting in a limo across the street, and is watching this, calls him up and tells him to kill him. And uh, Aaron is just continuing to hesitate, so the Kingpin gets out of his car and shoots him dead. Oh. Yeah. Why? You know. <laughs> Why does he shoot the Spider-Man? It's a great question, honestly. This is a movie that has to cover a ton of ground, and there are one or two small spots where it has to cut a corner to get there. And I think it's worth I it. I guess we... But, yeah. We skip the part where it actually explains the Kingpin's deal. Oh, right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a flashback where he was fighting Spider-Man, and he was choking him. Yes. And then his family came in and saw him. It was like, oh, no, my husband and my father, actually, he's he's a supervillain, and he's not a nice businessman. Right, and he kind of panics that his family is seeing this side of him, and they run out and get in the car, and he tries to chase them down, but they're so panicked that they end up running a red light and getting killed in a car wreck. Um, so, you know, like 90% his fault. So what the Kingpin is trying to do is 
take an alternate universe of his family and steal them. Yes, 100%. There's actually a really good line I like from Dr. Octopus back at the lab where she's uh, like, listen, things are almost ready. And then we can get you a new family. We can get you all the families you want. I just really like the idea that like, I don't know, to me it is like, he, it's not even that he loves these people. It's that he had a wife and son and he wants to have it because he likes having things because he's a bad, greedy man. Right. Like, I, I totally believe that, like, oh, well, these this set died, better go jump into the multiverse, grab another one. Like, it's, yeah, it's a very, he he plays it as very grief-stricken, but there's enough, like, undertones to it that make it seem like something a lot grosser than that. And I like that. Right. But yeah, so he shoots Aaron, and uh, Miles sort of tries to save him, gets him away, uh, takes him to some alleyway to kind of lay him down. And uh, we basically get Miles' version of the Uncle Ben scene, because his Uncle Aaron is there bleeding out and is just, like, trying to tell Miles that, you know, he, he can be so much better than him or, you know, Jefferson. Just, like, uh, he, he just believes in him so much, and he's so sorry that it came to something like this, and then he dies. And then Jefferson shows up and tries to arrest Miles. Right, because he thinks that Miles just murdered this man. Uh, does not realize that it's Miles. Uh... So Miles escapes, and Jeff sees that his brother is dead on the ground in a supervillain costume, and uh, clearly has a lot of bad feelings about that. So Miles goes back to his room at the boarding school. Right. He's just kind of completely overwhelmed. He has completely failed at Spider-Manning. His uncle has gotten killed. There's just, like, he's done. Um, and all the other people, all the other Spider-People show up to comfort him. Right. And, you know, he kind of wants them to go away, but they, they push... And they're all explaining, like, listen, this is kind of like part of being Spider-Man. We all have had a loss like this. We're probably the only people there are that can, like, understand what you're going through. You should, like, communicate with us. For me, it was my Uncle Ben. Yeah. For me, it was my Uncle Benjamin. <laughs> That's, like, a weirdly goofy line for this series. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then fucking Spider-Ham explains... Miles, the hardest thing about this job is you can't always save everybody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they kind of talk through it, and Miles is feeling better, and he's he's ready to help them, uh, you know, stop the kingpin. But they have all decided that he's just not ready, and it just wouldn't be safe to let him, like, go. Which is a real bummer, because it turns out one person isn't going to be able to go home because they have to stay behind to close down the particle accelerator and break the machine. Uh, and it would be great if Miles was ready for this, but he's just not. And they yeah, have Peter to, like... Peter starts fighting him, is like, if you think you're ready, then get past me right now. Turn invisible on command, or shock me on command. Right, and, and he can't do it. Um, so Spider-Man webs him up into his chair so that he can't follow them, and uh, they go off to do this i think I, I think at this point peter has decided he's going to be the one to sacrifice himself um he i mean he's he's kind of the oldest one and like his life is in shambles and he would have liked to get back but honestly he kind of feels like he doesn't have that much to live for anymore anyway he's a sad peter i'm so spider noir yeah yeah but uh while miles is webbed up his mouth is even webbed up so he can't talk and he gets a knock at the door and his dad is there because Uncle Aaron died, and he hasn't been able to get in touch with Miles, and he knows that they've had, like, a really tense relationship lately, and he feels bad that he's starting to feel like he's pushing his son away, and he just wants him to know that, you know, he loves him, and he just cares about him, and it's this very, 
like sad emotional scene because his dad is like pouring his heart out to him and like you can tell Miles wants to have this conversation but he literally can't because his mouth is webbed up. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. Talks about how there's a sp- there's a spark inside you Miles and you, whatever you choose to do you'll be great. Right. And that kind of like talk of reassurance from his dad is finally the thing that like gives him the like inner strength to become the Spider-Man. His final it's so sad. His yeah. final line is, I love you. You don't have to say it back though. Then he still like waits at the door for a while. Right. <laughs> Miles can't say anything. Yeah, it's really sad. Um so then we get this montage of like scenes kind of out of order because we're seeing miles like climbing a building and like looming over it intercut with him going back to aunt may's and like she's just waiting down in the spider cave with like a cup of tea like a badass i whenever there's a scene like this i always imagine how someone prepares for that (laughs) how many hours she was down there holding that cup of tea How long was Darkseid sitting in the dark in Superman's apartment? Right, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> then he, like, falls asleep and misses the window. He's like, oh, fuck, shit. <laughs> but, um, you know, she's she's glad to see he's back. He, she left she him- made him a suit and some Webbers. Right, but he decides he's got to put a little bit of personal touch on it. He takes out some black spray paint and, like, colors it to look like the, the Miles Morales Spider-Man costume from the comics. And uh, we cut back to him in the present, wearing this costume with, like, a hoodie over it. And he's, like, leaning on the side of a building, like, stuck to the side of it. And he jumps off. And, like, he still can't, doesn't have control over the sticking and unsticking. But he's just got so much gumption, Crystal, that he just rips the glass off with him and it shatters around him. And it looks so cool. This is the scene from the the very first trailer that kind of looks like the Kingdom Hearts <laughs> secret credits. Right, because you see a scene of him, like, it's an upside-down shot of him, like, skydiving into the city. Yeah, it's just he's doing a lot of very well-animated acrobatic moves and swinging his webs real far. Yeah. There's, like, a long shot of him swinging webs from, like, almost the bottom of a building all the way to the top. Right, and it's like the there's, like, a song playing in the background. That at the start, it was a bunch of different quotes he's gotten that were, like, like motivational quotes from different characters throughout the whole movie. And then when he finally, like, jumps off the song, like, the beat drops on it, and it just sounds so good. I love it. Um, and he does some some he does some parkouring for a while. Yeah, they do a really like, good like job. Like his uncle Aaron. Of, they, yeah, they do a good job of like showing that his swinging style isn't the same as everyone else's. Like, because right. like you said, it's got a lot of like parkour elements where he'll like instead of just swinging and swinging, he'll like swing to the top of a building and like parkour over all the like heating units and then jump off and swing some more. Right. Um. But yeah, just like uh, I I I spotlight it already, but I just love the like little the shot of him ripping his hands off the glass of the building just it's such a good like visual representation of like listen he's he's getting there but he's really not ready yet but he's he's determined and he's gonna make it happen he's gonna make this work even if he's not prepared it's such a oh i love it it's so good um but all the other spider people are at the kingpin's building i guess they don't know about the secret passage that miles knows about so they're having to figure out how to break into the particle accelerator and uh fisk is holding like a charity dinner for spider-man uh, at his, like, building. So as they're all swinging towards the building, and all the other webs are, like, actually going to places where they could swing. Right. But Spider-Ham just shoots it into the air, into nothingness. <laughs> That's such a good little touch! Oh, man, we also, we we glossed over my favorite Spider-Ham bit, which is when he first shows up, he just walks in, and he's like, Hey, how you doing, everybody? I'm Spider-Ham, nice to meet you. And he goes to shake their hand, and there's just, like, water dripping off of his hand, and he goes, My hands are wet, because I just washed them. 
that's the only reason. And they never explain what the deal is with that. Well, he just washed his hands. <laughs> but he says it in like a super shady, shifty way that like, no, that's definitely not why his hands are wet, but they never revisit it. I love it. It's such a good joke. Um, but yeah, so they're trying to figure out how to sneak in uh, through this charity dinner. And luckily for them, all the waiters are dressed up like Spider-Man. And uh, Mary Jane is here giving a speech. I've seen people complain about this, that like Mary Jane would know that Fisk is the kingpin and like wouldn't agree to do this. But uh, listen, I don't know. Just roll with it, man. I, n- I never understood that aspect of the kingpin. Where, like everyone knows he's the kingpin, but also everyone doesn't know he's the kingpin. I guess my understanding is that, you know, I mean, obviously it depends on like when in time it happens, but like. I guess I'm thinking of it from, like, a Netflix Daredevil perspective where, like, publicly he is this beloved public figure that, you know, d- contributes to the city a whole bunch and all that. And then kind of behind the scenes, he's running the criminal underworld. But every, you know, to the normal people, he's just, like, this great, like, um, philanthropist, you know? Well, Nacho is like, you know, you're not allowed to speak his name. If you speak the name, you get killed. Right, yeah. Like, you're right. on the Spider-Man media... Like, everyone on the streets knows Wilson Fisk is bad news. Yeah. Yeah. I I guess the real answer is don't think about it too hard. Um, A a big part of it, too, probably, is just that different continuities have treated it differently. And they all just kind of get mashed together. Um, But yeah, I don't know. Mary Jane's here. It's not that big a deal. Whatever. Um, Peter is now obsessed with talking to her because he wants to talk to some version of his ex-wife before he kills himself. Right. Uh, it does not go well, unsurprisingly. She asked him for some bread, and he's like, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I know, if you just gave me another chance, I could do better. Yeah. <laughs> She's just like, yeah, okay, okay but bread, though? <laughs> uh, so all those spider people swing into the reactor, but it turns on before they can stop it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Gwen at some point offers to, like, be the one to, um, stay behind instead. And Peter's just like, no, no, I've made up my mind. I'll sacrifice myself for all of you. Uh, and then we get kind of this big final fight scene. I don't remember the details of this fight that well. So Spider-Man, Peter almost gets choked by Olivia, but then Olivia's arms start freaking out because Invisible Miles is, is punching him. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, Miles is here, and he can do all his powers now. Everyone's everyone's kind of excited that he's here. You know, they're they're happy for him. They're proud of him. Even um, we just kind of get a big, long, cool punch him up. Like random shit is flying out of the accelerator, and kind of that's the big like conceit of this fight scene. Spider Noir swings a truck at Tombstone, and it explodes, yeah. killing him. Um, at some point, the uh, uh, spider just uh, gets destroyed. The spider's fine inside of it, but there's a weird yeah, like. This- they're like both Penny and the Spider are like kind of choked up that the robot died. Right. Maybe I don't know enough about how uh, about Spider to get why that was supposed to be like an emotional moment. Spider Ham drops an anvil on Scorpion's head. <laughs> yeah, there's some bit where someone's like, "Ah, you're just a cartoon." And he's like, "What do you got against cartoons?" And then he just does a bunch of cartoon shit. It's a very Space Jam. Hits the Scorpion with the hammer. Um. Yeah, so they all fight a bunch, and eventually... And then, like, Penny Penny swings the broken arm of Spider at Scorpion, which knocks him out. Yeah. Um, but it, it basically comes to the point where they've beaten the bad guys, uh, other than Kingpin, and it's re- they're ready to start throwing the spiders back to their home dimensions. <laughs> Olivia gets hit by a truck. A lot of people getting hit by vehicles in this section. Yeah. Um... 
so yeah, they're all starting to say their goodbyes. They all jump in. Spider Noir has a thing where he's like still got the Rubik's Cube. He's like, I don't understand this thing, and I like it, so I'm taking it with me. Um, and eventually it just comes down to just Peter and Miles, and uh, Peter is kind of hesitant to go back to his home universe, because like, he kind of ruined everything, and like his life is in shambles, and he's scared that he's not going to be able to put it back together. And Miles just gives him the same kind of pep talk that Peter gave him earlier about, you know, hey, life's a leap of faith. Right, because also Peter also has trained with the Assassins. <laughs> you sure he I learned about? Are you sure Peter's not a clone of the legendary mercenary? What? I was trying to rope in another stealth genre, another stealth. Now, he doesn't do a leap of faith, except in the Peace Walker level. Uh, ex- from Assassin's Creed. Excuse you. What about the introduction to Metal Gear Solid Two when he does that cool dive off that bridge? It's not into a haystack. <laughs> Anyway, Peter dives into the accelerator and confident that he's, he's going to be able to put his life in order and that he's leaving this universe in good hands. How would you feel if Konami sold Metal Gear to Ubisoft? Huh. Better than I do about it now. Like, Metal Gear's got nowhere to go but up at this point. Right. You didn't care for Survive? No, I, I didn't play Survive. Everything I saw of it looked really bad. Like, I, I was trying to keep an open mind about Metal Gear Survive, because I was like, well, they fired all the senior staff at the company that makes those games, but, like, I don't know, you know, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe we'll get some new blood with new ideas. Like, this, it won't be the same, but maybe it'll still be good. And then everything about it was like, no, nope. Anyway, uh... Spider-Ham's final line before leaving is, that's all, folks. Right, and Peter has, like, a quote about, like, is he legally allowed to say that? Gwen establishes that she's 15 months older than Miles. Right. Uh, there's a, yeah, Miles is like, well, hey, but what if we were friends from now on, maybe? And Gwen's just like, yeah, we'll see, buddy. They're, they're, it's, it's, um, but that just, eventually we're just left with Miles and Kingpin, um, because the accelerator gets messed up. Or no, I guess it doesn't get messed up yet, because they end up, like, fighting in, like, a train that comes out of the accelerator. Uh, and Miles is having a real hard time fighting him, but then a bunch of copies of the Kingpin's family show up, and they're all horrified by him at the same time. Uh, and, uh... And the Kingpin's like, no, Vanessa, Richard. Right. And then, I don't know, at some point, Miles beats the Kingpin. I don't remember every beat of this fight. <laughs> but he yeah, wins. He, 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 he webs him up real good. Yeah. Um, at s- and he sticks the USB in the USB drive. Right. At some point during all of this, uh, Jeff Davis had, like, broken into the control room and started arresting people. And he's just watching Spider-Man have this crazy fight inside of this uh, chamber. And the city kind of just goes back to normal. Everything's fine. Everyone's safe. Spider-Man saved the day. There's a shot where Spider-Man gets, like, a glimpse of the multiverse, and it's all a bunch of spider webs. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, so, Jeff tries to call Miles again, because he really wants to talk to his son, and Miles, I guess, you know, kind of not really thinking it through, just goes down to see him, but he's Spider-Man right now. Right. And, uh, they just kind of have, like, uh, you know, Miles just kind of affects a very super... Man asks, like, oh, happy to help, officer, and then accidentally says I love you to him as he's walking away. Yeah. Or he hugs him yeah, also, hugs because him. he really wanted to hug his dad. Yeah. Without thinking about how it'd be weird if Spider-Man hugged a random cop. Um, but then he runs off. Uh, he's he's kind of like, you know, waving, high-fiving the crowd, like, yeah, hey, I'm the new Spider-Man. Cool, everybody. And then a final comic book hits that table, and it's Miles' comic book, and he's explaining his origin story, which is, you know, the movie we just watched. And it's very good. And, like, Miles' last lines are just like, you know, I never thought I could do this. You know, turns out, like, anybody can wear this mask. 
you could wear this mask. And if you didn't know that before, I hope you do now. And it's just very sweet and earnest, and this is a good movie. Yeah, this is a good movie. Yeah. And then we get a fun end credit sequence with, like, an infinity number of Spider-Mans all dancing and stuff. And then... Can you describe the post-credits to me? Yeah. (laughs) So we left the movie after, like, the animated part, because we're like, well, if there was going to be a post credit scene, it would happen between that and the normal credits. We're good. So we left... And then a movie staff runs like, hey, there's a post credit scene. So we went back in. And what happens is, um, is his name Miguel? Is that right? Yeah, Miguel O'Hara. Okay, yeah. Uh, and he's, is, listen, I don't know a lot of it, like, extended Spider-Man. Is he Spider-Man 2099? Is that what his name uh-huh. is? Okay. He's like a super futury Spider-Man. And uh, he's voiced by Oscar Isaac. And he's talking to, like, a computer or something about how, like, hey, I'm showing up late, but I'm going to be in the fun multiverse thing, too. And then he ends up in the 1960s Spider-Man cartoon doing the dumb, like, gif of the two Spider-Mans pointing at each other. While him and the 60s Spider-Man are just like, hey, who are you? I'm Spider-Man. Who are you? Stop pointing at me. And they just go back and forth for a while. And J. Jonah Jameson is there and he's mad about it. And it's just a fun little joke to end the movie on. Was, I didn't see it. It sounds fun. Yeah, it's it's a funny bit. Um uh, Look, what do you think about this movie? I like this movie a lot. You like it a lot, huh? I like it a lot. What re- re- grade would you give it? I give this movie an A+. An A+. Easily the best movie we've watched. It's not even close. Not even close. Better than Venom. I want to knock Venom down to an A- minus to make it clear how much better than Venom it is. That you gave Venom an A-. minus. Oh, well then good job past me. I thought I gave it an A. Hey, Luke from this dimension, good job. Hey. Had to bring that joke back one more time. A plus, wow. I'm going A plus, yeah. I, I don't think any movie we've covered so far is even in the same ballpark movie. Like, this movie's not perfect, but it's damn good. Why? Where are some of the flaws of this film? Well, like I said, there's a few, like, bits that feel, like, slightly contrived, where it's like, well, why does the Kingpin shoot Uncle Aaron there? That's, like, I can kind of, re- I can sort of, if I'm being generous, like, build an argument for it, but, eh, it, it's, the real answer is because this movie has to cover a lot of ground, and it needed to just move the story along. They're all, like, nitpicks and things that I don't think actually harm the overall movie. Well, let me ask you something. Yeah. Is this the best Spider-Man movie? <sighs> I would need to rewatch Spider-Man 2, but uh, I would say as of right now, yes. I'm also willing to say that. Yeah. I think I will give this film an A. Yeah? Okay. Okay. Uh, have you given anything else an A? Yeah, you gave Age of Ultron an A, which is better. I g- hold, hold on. What's I gave Age of Ultron an A-. minus. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> so is this is this also your favorite movie that we've watched so far? Yes. Hell yeah. Okay, cool. I thought we might have a little bit of a disagreement here, but yeah, cool. It is, I, I don't know AJ's score, but it's probably going to be the top one. Yeah, it's just, it's really strong. It's got a really um, striking art style. All of the jokes are funny. Like, it juggles a bunch of character arcs that it very easily could have screwed up, but it nails them. Um, yeah, I, I really don't have any significant complaints about this movie. It's good. I was I was thoroughly entertained from start to finish, and I cannot wait for them to do a sequel. I'll watch Spider-Verse yeah. 2. Well, I think they're talking about doing like a spin-off that's more focused on Gwen, right? I think I've heard that. Yeah, and also a sequel. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. So they're just... I see. That's fine by me. Listen, if they're all as good as this one. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. That's that's the... This gets a 4.333, then. This, that was an easy one. It was an easy one. Uh, Crystal, where can people send us questions? Oh, you can send me questions when I ask for them at Arcane Crystal, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and also to the email address, which is 
mcucompleteme at gmail.com. All right, cool, cool. Uh, do, do you want to read a question we got, maybe? Or should I? Um, why, don't you, why don't you start us off? All right, yeah, from uh, CloudPal. What's the over-under on bringing in Tom Hardy's Venom in a sequel? I have not seen it. I think that'd be pretty fun. I'd enjoy that. Yeah, they should make a Venom. They did Venomverse. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think my dumb joke coming out of it is I want them to put Tom Holland in a sequel, but, like, rotoscope him like an old Mortal Kombat character and just have a live-action Tom Holland in this animated cartoon. That'd be good. Yeah, I I, I feel like the the premise of this whole, like, thing is, means that you kind of, as long as you don't hit it too hard, you can kind of get as silly with it as you want, and I'd love to see them continue to, like, make full use of that. Like, Spider-Ham sets the bar pretty high for what constitutes too much, you know? Right. Turtle Ant asks, Dumpy Deadbeat Peter Parker's very good. Venom the movie's Eddie Brock is also very good. What other superhero or heroine would benefit from being allowed to be kind of a schlub in a movie slash show? Oh, huh. That's a good question. Um, I feel like a schlubby Superman would be fun. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be interesting. Yeah. If, he, if he goes home as Clark Kent and he just... He just Puts on his his stained pajamas. Right. It's like, listen, slams have, a I, whole lo- slams a whole large pizza. I have saved three planets today. I'm not doing laundry. Though <laughs> <laughs> he could do it very fast. <laughs> That's true. Uh, I feel it's not quite this, but like one of my favorite little moments in I forget which DCAU cartoon it was. It might have been Justice League, where we're like following Superman through his morning routine. And he needs to shave, but he's Superman. So the way he shaves is he goes and looks in the mirror and, like, bounces his laser eyes off of the mirror onto his face to burn his hair off. Right. Because, like, a razor's not going to work. He gets free. I mean, why wouldn't a laser work? Because he's Superman. Well, no, a laser does work. He uses, uh, I said a razor wouldn't work. But is his his hair super strong? Why wouldn't it be? But he can use the razor with super strength. Yeah, but the razor would just, like, break against his super powerful whiskers. I don't know. I, whiskers aren't alive. I don't think they hmm. have the energy of the yellow sun within them. Yeah, but it's made up of his, like, like it's still his cells, even if they're not alive. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe he uses he uses shaving cream with, like, 0. 0.0001% right. kryptonite. It's like he's got one barber who he has really vetted, made sure he's above board, and he's like, okay, these scissors have kryptonite blades. I swear to God, if you try to kill me with them, buddy. I- I'll... I'll be upset. I'll be sad, because, like... You won't get Christmas card. <laughs> I won't tip you. Yeah. Okay, I'll tip you 15%. Oh, you know who else has a good schlubby movie is Batman, because Lego Batman is basically that. Yeah, like, yes. And also Justice League Batman. A little bit, yeah, yeah. <laughs> where he's just, like, giving up. Right. He doesn't even care about not killing anymore. <laughs> Like, that's, that's just, I, that's too much, man. I, I, I'm sure I've talked about this in other podcasts. My favorite Justice League Batman moment in the cartoon, it's like a season one episode where the bad guy has, like, basically Freddy Krueger powers where you fall asleep, he invades your dream, and, like, messes you up. And uh, Batman has been awake for three days straight working on some case, but this bad guy gets to everybody else. So Batman has to deal with him, and he's, like, driving the Batmobile to where he thinks this guy's hiding out, and he's starting to nod off. He, like, falls asleep at the wheel for a second and then jerks awake, and then he, like, elbows the window to shatter it to, like, so the wind will wake him up, and then turns on the radio at full volume, and it's just Farrah Jaka at full blast. Why is that on your radio, Batman? It's a good cartoon. Anyway, what's our next question? 
Trippy Jing asks, Live or Doc Ock? Mm. Are you her friend or your enemy? Well, she does seem pretty, but also she's I mean, pretty cool. Yeah, she is really cool. So it's real tough to decide. <laughs> I would I would prefer to be Liv's friend. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. She's really cool is the thing. Shit. Yeah, I guess I'd rather be her friend. Uh, let's see. What else we got? Um, from Izzy Silver Mountain. Do you think the post credit sequence is actually motioning towards a sequel or is it just a joke? Uh, I mean, I think, I don't know if they knew they were getting a sequel or not when they made that, but, you know, if and when they do make a sequel, they certainly can, like, mine that for something, you know? Yeah. I'd be surprised if, like, Miguel didn't show up in a sequel. Oh, he certainly will. Yeah. Ashley asks, oftentimes the people who disparage 3D animation often say it's not possible due to the difficulty to experiment with its models. Hmm. Is that just due to the relative newness of the style, or is this film use this film's use of 2D combined with 3D a bit of acknowledgement of that? Also, what do you want from a sequel? More dimension hopping? More spiders? A focus completely on Miles? Yeah, so I'm certainly not an expert on animation, and I know even less about 3D animation. Probably the newness of the style does inform some of that, because I would have to think that, like, to a degree, how much you can experiment with the look of it is pretty dependent on the technology, which, you know, it's hard to, like, when it's an issue of will this computer have enough processing power to do stuff, that's going to be a problem. I don't know if that made, I kind of just rambled. I don't know if that actually made sense. No, I didn't get, I didn't understand your point. Great. Well, no, I'm saying that like, um, like, uh, like they made Toy Story in the nineties and they made it about uh-huh. toys because 3D art at the time could like skin just looked really plasticky and gross. They're like, well, we'll make a movie about toys and then it'll look realistic. Like it's a medium that's really constrained by technology and that's getting less and less true all the time. And you're finally starting to see stuff that does look a little more experimental as 3D art kind of gets less bound by the limits of the the technology with it. Did that make any that more sense? sense? Yeah, okay. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, me neither, really. I'm really talking out of my ass. Sorry, I have, I have very little to say on this subject, Ashley. Yeah. <laughs> but I would like more spiders. One of the things about this movie is that when you're dealing with a whole bunch of Spidersmen, when you go back to one Spider-Man, it almost feels lonely. Yeah, yeah, I feel like they... I, I, don't, I wouldn't want it to just be a Miles movie. Honestly, at this point, I would kind of... And kind of the last scene of this movie that we didn't talk about gestures towards this maybe being where they're going. Because there's a scene at the very end where, like, Miles is on his bed checking his phone and a portal opens up to Gwen's universe. And she's like, hey, you up? Um, I would kind of like it if it was like, pick a different spider to focus on, say Gwen, and have it be, well, now there's a crisis where, you know, we need to gather the spiders again. And maybe, you know, trade out some spiders for new ones or just have more if you can fit them into the script. Like, you know, Spider-Man Noir doesn't necessarily need to come back, you know? I just like the casual spider culture. We're like, yeah, we're going to have this conversation while walking on the side of a building casually. Yeah, totally. That, that's so much fun. I, it's like yeah. that one scene in Ant-Man. In the, in the Ant-Man we watched? Yeah, where, where they're, like, using ants to move sugar cubes. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Hope's like, oh, dad. <laughs> right. And then she does a giant ant ballet. Not a giant ant ballet, just a giant ballet of ants. Anyway, um, let me find another question for us. Joshua asks, can divorce Spider-Man drive well? Because it seems like he's a miserable parallel Parker. <laughs> it's a joke. I, okay. When, uh, <laughs> I was out with, uh, my girlfriend one time, we were trying to find a parking space, and there was an SUV that was, like, in two spots, like, it was taking up two spaces, and, uh, I turned to her and said, boy, that guy must have gotten infected by the Venom symbiote because he's a bad Parker. 
Oh. <laughs> and, well, what actually happened is I got about three words into that joke and stopped myself, and then she made me finish it, because she could tell where I was going. <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. I'm really funny is the thing. She also confessed after she was thinking of the exact same joke, so it's good that I found someone with, with just as high caliber a sense of humor as me. A hyper-realistic cartoon duck asks, What are your thoughts on the portrayal of Penny Parker in the film? Does it veer a bit too much into, Haha, isn't anime slash Japan weird tropes? Alternatively, what other anime styles would you have liked to see Penny rendered in, rather than the kind of generic one they went with? I feel like Penny's not even in the movie all that much. Yeah, she doesn't have a, a ton going yeah. on. Like, her, Noir, and Ham are all kind of just an ensemble together, and the other two kind of are more, like, in-your-face kind of personalities that she's, she feels a little bit like a background character. I don't, I didn't feel like there was any, haha, Japan is so wacky stuff. Yeah, she's really. Anime she just looks like an anime kid and has a, has a mecha. Um... I don't know, I kind of liked the style they went with for her. Having her look more yeah, like Sailor Moon or something might have been fun, but I, I thought the one they used was just fine. Uh, let's see here. I've got a lot of questions of people asking about sequels. I think we covered that. Um, Evan asks, what non-comic book property do you think would benefit the most from an animated adaptation in the style of Into the Spider-Verse? Huh. Hmm. 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 In the style of Into the Spider-Verse. Right, so I, I think they just like, mean like that a... that style is so comic inspired yeah but I, I think you could like maybe say you know adapt some other property that has like a visual look that feels like it's from that world you know what i mean like i don't know this example is off the top of my head because this is always on the top of my head but like metal gear solid would be a fun 3d movie and you could maybe do some weird sure. stuff to make it like look kind of like maybe there's some, no i was gonna say maybe you could have like some low low resolution textures but that would just look bad the legend of zelda yeah that'd be pretty good um, yeah, I, I feel like video game movies in general seem like they lend themselves way better to being animated than shitty live-action movies that they keep making. Like, the Pokemon movie looks like it might be okay, but also, like, all the Pokemon are 3D animated, because that's how Pokemon works. You're not gonna get, you know, just Ryan Reynolds in, like, a yellow Pikachu hat walking around. Although, hmm. Although. Although, maybe they should. Hogzone asks, which Spider-Mans spoke wheat? Hmm. Gwen for sure, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, yes. God. Probably Miles. Uh, no, I mean, Miles, you know what? Miles does at his uncle's house, but, like, he can't at home. His dad's too strict. Right. Uh, probably not Peter B. Parker. He, he probably should, but, like, he just doesn't. He needs something. He needs something to just chill the hell out on. But, yeah, no. That's the difference between the, the blonde Peter and the, the schlubby Peter. Blonde Peter just smokes weed, and that helps him deal with his anxiety. Yeah, P Peter Parker smokes weed. Peter B. Parker is not. <laughs> right. Peter B. Parker is straight edge. Um, and then Sp Spider-Ham is, like, their dealer, probably. God Diva asks, would you watch an ASMR video of Peter B. Parker eating a burger? No. No, I wouldn't. I would. <laughs> okay, well, there you go. Uh, let's see. Chum Personable asks, how many appendages would you sacrifice to see all the unused John Mulaney content? Zero. Z zero? Like, I mean, I'd, I'd like to see it. That sounds fun, because he, Spider-Ham's funny, but, like, no, no limbs. I like my limbs more than I like John Mulaney jokes. Queenly Rue asks, which Spidey suits are your favorites? Either purely from this or also the PS4 Spidey. Uh, I really like Spider-Gwen's costume. It's cool looking. It's a good like, costume. The pink, white, and black is a really cool color scheme. The hood is cool. I love like her like Gwenum look where the hood turns into like a big sideways mouth. Um, Miles also has a cool costume. 
I kind of just I like yeah, go ahead. the cell shaded suit from the video game. Yeah, the cell shaded Steve Ditko suit is really good. I just think like Spider Man just has a good looking costume in general. Right. Like just the the basic ass blue and red with black like pinstripes that make spider webs looks really cool. Now, do you like the armpit webs? Um, I can take or leave them. I, I don't have a strong feeling about them. Okay. Why? What about you? Same. Yeah. I kind of like I kind of like it when I see them. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Those. But, like, if they're missing, I'm not mad. Jess Mark again asks, do you guys remember Madam Web? Would you like to see her in future Spider-Verse stuff, or is it better off without her? I, I don't know Madam Web. Madam Web is, like, a mysterious old lady in, like, a spider chair with a big webbing backing. And she d- gathers all the Spider-Men from this universe. Okay, okay. Is she also part of the Spider-Verse plot? I'm not sure. I yeah, or, read it. or she may be a Spider-Geddon character. She might be in Spider-Geddon. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, let's see. I keep forgetting that I'm going to need to read questions, so I keep navigating away from the questions thread. Oh, uh, AJ asks, The real message of Into the Spider-Verse is that Ben Riley was a better Spider-Man than Peter Parker. Blonde hair, kill the Green Goblin, follow the clues, people. Spider-Man does kind of just kill the Green Goblin there, doesn't he? He sure does. It doesn't really get remarked upon. Probably for the best. I don't want Miles to have to fight a big dragon, man. That seems hard. Um, Ben Riley is, uh, Crimson Spider, right? Uh-huh. Isn't he like He's a-, a clone of Peter Parker from the Clone Saga. Oh, okay. I thought he was a clone of Uncle Ben, thus the name Ben. No, he took the name Ben. Oh, I see. Because he couldn't be Peter. Sure, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Atomic Futch Cat Girl asks, what's your Spider-sona? Hmm. What, what's, what's your Spider-sona? A, sp- a spider? Yeah, yeah. Maybe mine would have, like, no, I got nothing. It would just be, I just like Spider-Man. <laughs> Can I just have Spider-Man as my Spider-sona? Sure. All right, cool. That's Peter Parker, the Spider-Man. Ava asks, are there any Spider-Men you wish were conveyed in a different style or tone? Uh, no, I, I honestly think they kind of nailed it. Yeah, they did a good job. Yeah, I, I don't really, again, I, I basically have no real criticisms of this movie. Okay, Cameron asks, what was the weakest scene in this movie, and is it as bad as the scene in Homecoming? Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll get to Homecoming, so I don't want to really talk about that scene here today, because we got a few movies to get to first. Um, but uh, what would you say is the weakest scene in the movie? I'm trying to think. Hmm. Maybe, hmm. It's a problem, it's just a good movie. <laughs> it's it's pretty good movie with lots of good scenes and not really any bad ones. Yeah, there's definitely no real bad scenes. I'm just trying to think of, like, what the least good one is. Um, I got nothing. I just like this movie. Oh, yeah, your answer is N slash A. <laughs> and it's a way better movie than Homecoming, but we'll get to it. Oh, yeah, no, not even I close. Ca- I mostly like Homecoming, and this is way better. Uh, um, yeah. I- hold on, just got in- No, that's it. That's all the Spider-Man questions. Okay. But Luke. Yeah, what's up? We still have some leftover Doctor Strange questions. Uh, multiple people ask if Doctor Strange is a virgin or a vol cell. I'm pretty sure he, like, had sex as part of the plot of that movie. Like, him and the, the love interest lady have, like, a romantic history together. I guess they didn't necessarily have sex. Right, this doesn't mean they had, they had any intercourse. I guess that's true. I feel like they probably did, though. They, they, they probably did. I mean, has Doctor Strange... Is part of being a master of the mystic arts taking a vow of celibacy? Well, I was going to say, he's probably, at this point, no fat, because he's got to maintain all of his power for, to fuel his spells. Right, he can't release his, his vital energy. Exactly. <laughs> Trippy Jing asks, what's your Wi-Fi password? Uh, oh, it's, um, 
I don't know. It's whatever's written on the router. I don't remember it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Why? What's yours? Oh, Nets Nets. Nice. Okay. Noah Lucasbra asks, do you think the Ancient One saw the future like in comics and Thanos coming? If so, couldn't she have warned Strange it was all coming? Yeah, you'd think, right? Well, no, because she, well, she, no, she can't see into the future past the moment she dies. Right. That's in the movie. So we're good. No plot holes. No plot holes. She could have seen the aliens. Which aliens? The, the aliens. You gotta help me that out. That invaded bit. Earth? Like the, oh, like the Chitari? Yeah. Yeah. Probably could have warned somebody about that. Well, she doesn't care. That's a, that's a physical threat. That's for the, that's Avengers. For the Avengers. That's not for mystical. Yeah. yeah. She just fights the mystical threats. Maybe she, she was, doesn't care about Thanos. Maybe, Thanos ain't a wizard. Maybe she's off fighting like, shit. What's a, what's a Doctor Strange bad guy other than Dormammu? Nightmare. There you go. She was off fighting Nightmare, so she couldn't help out with the Chitari. Satan the devil. Oh, okay. Mephisto. <laughs> All right. Mephisto would be a good villain. I feel like Mephisto is kind of a step down from Satan the Devil. They're one and the same. Okay, I mean, all right, sure. Man, remember when people thought that Sigourney Weaver was playing Mephisto in The Defenders? I mean, that sounds okay. I know nothing about Mephisto, but I like Sigourney Weaver. He's just he's just a devil man. Okay. Tricks people. Yeah, that's kind of his deal. Yeah. Lots of lots of Faustian bargains. Well, Luke, we've come to the end of this episode. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, well, I should probably get going back to my home dimension then. I'll let, uh, I'll let the Luke of this dimension wrap things up. Um, anyway, yeah, can you, uh, yeah, come on. Get, get up. Yes, you can talk. I'm sorry I said you were hot on the mic before. All right, fine. Just go. I'm, I don't, get out of here. All right, that guy's gone. Anyway, uh, this movie sucked, Crystal. What? Oh, yeah. Wait, wait. Was, was the other guy saying it was good? What grade would you give it? Oh, like an F minus. Okay, I'll enter that into the sheet. No, if you already did the grade, just let it ride, I guess. Well, I can, I can just... Maybe I can ask the other Luke for his grades and all the other Marvel I don't know, movies. he went back to the other dimension. Okay, I guess we'll just average it out to a C then. <laughs> no, uh, fuck it. I really don't care, Chris. I'll just leave it as an A+. Are you sure? Yeah, whatever. Okay. Dumb joke. Where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter at SSJ Speed Racer. Uh, you can find some shows I do on AudioEntropy.com. I'm realizing I should have just stayed as Alternate Dimension Luke and done a bunch of fun goofs. Like, oh, you can find me on Twitter at SSJ Racer X. You can find all my podcasts at AudioEnthalpy.com. But it's too late for that. <laughs> Even though I just did it. You think Alternate Version Luke likes small women? Yeah, probably. Anyway. <laughs> I'm on Teenagers of Attitude. We did a series of bonus episodes about clock stoppers. You were going to be on one of them, but then I couldn't get a hold of you in time. Right, I was too busy sleeping for 16 hours. Oh, jeez. Okay. Were you sick? I was very exhausted. Oh, well, I hope you're feeling better. Yeah, well. That wasn't an encouraging response. <laughs> At Arcane Crystal, patreon.com slash Arcane Crystal. Welcome to Dora Podcast. Talk about Zelda games. Yeah, go listen to all of that. Um... Would you like to hear a spider joke? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I told that bad Parker one earlier. I think we're good on jokes, actually. Yeah, well, we need to end with one. Mm. Joshua had a good I joke. I can just too. tell the bad Parker joke again. Give me your spider joke. Huh? I mean, do you want to tell your bad Parker no. joke? Mine's not that good. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Mine's not that good. No, I, I already told mine. Let's hear yours. How did Spider-Man learn how to make his spider suit? I, I don't know, Crystal. How did Spider-Man learn how to make his spider suit? The World Wide Web. Okay, okay, well, you can text vote on your cell phones to decide which of us had a funnier Spider-Man joke. Text to who? Text vote. <laughs> Let's get out of here. Hey, goodbye. Goodbye.